0: So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need
1: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Volume.
0: The Three and Out podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to bet every moment more than with FanDuel. With football ending, we have the NBA rolling, March Madness right around the corner, and my personal favorite, betting on the PGA Tour. I cannot recommend it enough. You get winnings fast, and winnings are also delivered in under two hours. It's a fun to combine multiple bets from the same game parlay. No big deal. NBA, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson. That would be what I would do. If you are new, just download the FanDuel app. To get started now, sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, John Middlecoff? Three and out podcast, a little Middlecoff mailbag. Uh, gonna be honest, completely forgot about this. Caught up in the Masters, watching a little, uh, watching a little Opening Day. Who opens what, Opening Day on Thursday in early April? What, what are we doing? You know, let's ha- let's start Opening Day on start on Monday. Everyone plays Monday. Can can we do that? I had no clue Opening Day was the other day. None, and then they don't even all play on the same day. It's it's a little bizarre. Now you could argue football Thursday, Sunday, Monday, but. At least we all know when the season's starting. I like baseball. I'm a millennial who still watches and didn't even really know it was starting. But I did know Tiger Woods was playing, and he's gone along. But this is the Middlecoff mailbag at John Middlecoff is the, uh, is the Instagram at John Middlecoff. You slide right into those direct messages, and you get your question answered here on the show. It's very, very simple. If you listen on Collins feed, subscribe to the Three and Out feed. Uh, we do a lot of we do a lot of football free agency, the draft, OTAs right into camp, then the season. it just it never ends. It's 365. Well, you know, probably 340. you know, it might be a couple summer months, maybe not months, but summer weeks where we're just where we're chilling, laying low. But as until the NFL takes the summer break off, we will not. So uh, yeah, subscribe to the podcast. Fire in those DMs. We'll start with Ben. Hey John, been a listener for two plus years. Love the content. The NFL done is the NFL has done a lot to promote racial equality and takes proper action against those who demonstrate racist actions, i.e., Gruden. My question is, what will it take for the NFL to take incidents against women seriously? Robert Kraft supported a human trafficking business and many players seriously injured women and received little to no punishment. Well, I got to pump the brakes on the Kraft comment. I I don't view him as supporting human trafficking. Uh, I don't have the details of everything in front of me, but I'm pretty sure he he was not hooking up with the, the employees. It was the lady that ran the business that was taking him into the room. Before the AFC Championship game, which they ended up winning in Kansas City. But Robert Kraft supporting human trafficking, I, I got it. That one's a major stretch for me. I mean, I'm going to disagree. Now, the Ray Rice situation was an embarrassment uh, major. The Deshaun Watson situation, let's say, in theory, we all agree they should just suspend him and pause his career until everything is figured out in the court of law. Because ultimately, the NFL is not the court of law, right? Right. If I get a DUI, my employer doesn't have to do anything. That's not their problem. Now, they could choose to suspend me with pay, without pay, fire me, do nothing. That's on them. But ultimately, my crime is between me, the city, the state, whatever, right? In the courtroom, the judge. there's nothing to do with your employer. Now, obviously, when it's a public business like this, it is just, it's different. But Deshaun Watson, let's just say we suspend him indefinitely. We pause his career until everything is figured out. Do you know who would throw an absolute hissy fit and create a major stir? Would be the Players Union. That's their job to support him. Right, wrong, or indifferent. That would be a major problem for the league. Because now it would be going on two years it'd be ending his career. I mean, there are just laws against this sort of stuff. So there are situations like Should, if you hit a woman, should you be kicked out of the league for life? I don't think you'd hear anyone argue. But in terms of the Robert Kraft thing, I mean, come on. And the Deshaun Watson thing, you know, I I, listen, I'm someone who said I would not have traded for him. I would not have given all that money. But I I think some of these cases sometimes are a little more complicated. You know, it's a he said, she said, you know, the documents in court. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but uh, I'm with you. I, I, I would have a pretty much zero tolerance policy. I think the league... Should just, if you are convicted, because what if you're not convicted? Then do you get booted for a year if you actually, what if you actually didn't do anything? But if you get convicted in the court of law, maybe your career's over. I don't think anyone would argue that. You should drop cable and get YouTube TV. It's basically an app for cable and functions much better considering we all jump from platform to platform. It looks just like cable when using it. Like everything, half the cost, better product. Make sure you have good internet connection. Uh, my buddy Ryan Fry has it. It's fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why I don't have it. I think I'm a cable guy just because, one, I write it off. It's a business expense. But two, I like having a peace of mind that, like, when the Masters is on or when the Patriots are playing the Chiefs or the NBA Finals or the Kentucky Derby or whatever, and maybe I'm old. Maybe this is an old-school, archaic, antiquated mindset. Like, Middlecoff, get with the times. YouTube TV is no different. But I don't think that way quite yet, even though I have every single app known to man. Huge Ravens fan and love the pod. Which position do you see the Ravens picking in the first round? I feel like all of our needs are on defense, but I can see DaCosta trading up to get a star Oregon pass rusher. Also, what do you think the Lamar contract situation will result at the end of the season? That's one's, I, I don't know. I don't have a good answer to the Lamar situation. Obviously, he's representing himself. Feels like he wants to play it out. If you're the Ravens, you've got no problem letting him play it out. Uh, Very, very risky on his part, man. Very, very risky. If I was him, I would take like $140, $150 million right now. I I would not even mess around. Even if it was quote-unquote. Even if you get screwed as a quarterback, you're still getting $138 million. Guaranteed that's worst case. So if I'm Lamar, I'm not playing this year out. I'm in, he's a running quarterback, he got hurt last year. I'm I'm taking a contract. Especially if I'm my own agent, I'd be like just 135 million. That's decide, Let's do it. Even though that's that's dumb business, but what he's doing right now is insane. Like I give him some credit last year played out one more year, but now you're going in your fifth year, everyone's been paid, who's any good at your position, you got to get paid. You know, I don't have the Ravens roster in front of me. Uh, I would say felt like last year. I mean, they had a million DB injuries. I guess Marcus Peters is coming back. Uh, I could see them using a pass rusher. Yeah, they'll they'll go defense. It's not a great answer. <laughs> Curious what your thoughts are about Adam Silver said today about the NBA players not playing enough. This can't be some kind of new res- revelation to him, can it? I saw that come across maybe sometime last week. Like you know we need to incentivize our players to play. I'm like, Adam, it's two thousand sixteen it's, it's did you just get this memo? It's, what are you talking about? We've been t- saying this for years. The, how do you incentivize guys to play? Your average star player makes thirty five to forty five million dollars. There is nothing when you're that rich, there's nothing you can incentivize me to do. I have all the guaranteed money. <laughs> And my, my team doesn't care. Like They want me sitting out some nights. But yeah, I think Adam Silver is your classic example where you can argue David Stern and Roger Goodell are too big of hard asses. But when you consistently consistently lean that way in management, you never give that much up because when you give that much up, eventually it just leads to more. Adam Silver opened it up where it's like he gave a little of the players, gave a little of the players, and now you look up in 2022, the players do everything it's yeah they've always had kind of ran the league but now they answer to nobody no coach no commissioner no nobody they don't give a shit and I don't blame if I was them I wouldn't either it's like I know you owe me another 150 million dollars I'll do what I want to do and it's not very fan friendly because ultimately the thing you can never forget in pro sports the fans pay the bills the fans are the bank every time all the money comes from TV. The TV pays that much money because people watch. And the NBA has been the, one of the main you know, big sports who have trended less people watching. So you can argue that, well, live sports, the value, I hear you. But they're going to start... Are they going to keep maintaining this level of money? The reason NFL contracts keep going up is because their television deals keep going up because their ratings keep going up. So if NBA TV deals eventually start going down guys will still make millions of dollars but maybe the max contract is 28 million dollars. Now the players in the league right now, they don't give a shit cuz they're going to make the huge money no matter what. James Harden has made like 600 million dollars. <laughs> you know, Kyrie, these guys have made so much money. And then they know there's no discipline in the league. Like they can do literally whatever they want. It's kind of crazy. There is not a better deal in American history, than being a good NBA player the last, like, decade. You get an unlimited amount of money. You don't have to answer to anybody. You can be a dick to the people that pay your bills, the fans. It's crazy. And I, I lay a lot of the blame on Adam Silver because he was, you know, the media, he's so nice to them. They all kiss his ass, and the media doesn't care about the fans either. And it just, it's perpetuated into the situation they're in right now. The NBA's in a weird spot like Giannis, you ever heard that guy talk? It's like, why don't you guys, you keep promoting LeBron like we don't care about LeBron anymore. 2014 called, it's over. Let's just talk about some of these new guys. Giannis, Jokic, they're awesome. But the NBA doesn't promote them. You know why? Because Clutch basically owns the NBA and owns ESPN. It's like, well, you wonder why your ratings are down. We're kind of bored of this star guy. He had an incredible run, but it's been over now for a couple of years. He bores us. Why aren't the 49ers extending Debo? He's a stud, especially in that offense. Been loving the ham pod lately. Uh, I think it's complicated. You know, He's had one really good year. He's been injured before. Came into camp out of shape a couple years ago. You know, digs. Yeah, I was telling someone, I described it to him over text message. Let's say I've had a podcast for five years. And let's just pick an uh, even number. My podcast generates $2 million in revenue a year. So I got five years and for the last five years, it's generated $2 million a year. Then this new podcast comes. And in a year and a half, that podcast had generated $3 million. So more money than my podcast in a given year. Let's just say one year they've been operating. The last year they've made $3 million. Mine only makes two. But they've only made that one year. Well, whose podcast is more valuable? In the short term, you'd be like, well, if this thing hits, but what if he just was a one-year wonder? And I think when you look at some of these players, like, Stephon Diggs has been doing it for five years. Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams has been doing it since the middle of last decade. Debo's had, like, an incredible 10-game stretch. And he's awesome. He's He's got great personality. He's a team leader. People love him. The coach loves him. But when it comes time to compensating, it's like, well, you haven't done this for 40 games. You did it for 10. Now, those 10 were fucking remarkable. You look like... LeBron James met Ken Griffey Jr. met Deion Sanders. You were the greatest athlete I've ever seen. It was unreal. Been watching pro sports since I was like five. What Debo Samuel just did was badass, but like it only happened once. Now, I do think he could maintain it for a couple, three, four more years. It'd be harder than some of these other guys because he's like a running back. And when you play running back, you get hit more. So it's like part of paying Devontae and Diggs and these guys so much, they're just outside. Debo's like running between the guards. And honestly, he's like one of the best running backs in the league. And he's also a really good wide receiver. But how am I going to give the guy $70 million based off 10 games? And I get it. He's in his feelings. I I understand. When you're really talented and you think you're really valuable because you are really valuable, you, you get in your feelings. But it's based on comps. It's based on resume. And his resume is just... His resume is worse than the other two guys in his own class. DK Metcalf has 29 touchdowns in three years receiving. Like, Debo has 10. Now, he has a bunch running, but, like, running backs don't get much money. And when they do, we all make fun of the team for doing it. So I just think Debo is a very, very complicated case. And I love the guy. He made 2021, he made the football year for me. Like, that was, and being at that Rams game week 18... He basically just whipped it out and said, "I'm winning us this bleeping game." It was. I've been to a lot of events in my life: Super Bowl, World Series, NBA Finals. I saw LeBron win the and Kyrie hit the shot against the Warriors. I've seen the best athletes of the last couple decades live, been very lucky. I'm not, and hell, I didn't even go to a pro football game till like 2011, but or 10 maybe. But what I witnessed with Debo Samuel live and just watching every snap he's ever taken. But his last year, like he went, like AJ Brown and DK were sweet immediately. You know, Devontae and Tyreek have been doing it forever. Well, he he wants their money. It's like, well, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the way I look at this, I'm I'm not like anti-players. I'm pro-players. Ultimately, these players and a guy like Debo, you win and lose with a guy like that. But I also like you got to like take a step back and think about the business side of this. I understand where the Niners are coming from on this. Uh, it, it might honestly might get a little ugly before it gets uh, you know this this could be an ugly negotiation. Buckle up because I I I know around here we're ready. I'm ready for an ugly negotiation. But you know sometimes there's no growth without confrontation. I have a feeling Mahomes could be on the Brett Favre track. Look at his stages: 96, 98. He took the league by storm. Three MVPs, two Super Bowl appearances, three NFC Championship games. I'm sure the people back then thought Favre would win three, four Super Bowls. But he never made it back. Everyone seems to think that Mahomes is a lock for the Super Bowls. I'm just not sold. Thoughts? Well, any Packer fan listening who's, you know, around my age or older will tell you. And they're right. Mike Holmgren left him. And Mike Holmgren went to Seattle and what, five years later there in the Super Bowl? Like, Mike Holmgren's a pretty big deal. Here's what I know. Andy Reid is not leaving him for another team. So can Patrick Mahomes get five more years with Andy Reid? Because if that happens, he will not be Brett Favre. But I'm with you. Like it's I think we all with young athletes, this guy's gonna win hell, Jordan Smith, Rory McElroy. These guys are gonna win fifteen majors each. None of them have won a major in seven years, right? Oh, this guy's gonna it's never gonna end. This guy's gonna win title after title after title. It just never happens. You know, I mean who knows. Kevin Durant left the Warriors, may never get back to the uh, uh, NBA championship. Might never happen again. So, I think as long as Andy's there, he's got a chance though. Well, I know so. As long as Andy's coaching Patrick Mahomes, he's got a chance every year to win the Super Bowl. Say the Masters with Tiger in the hunt and the Super Bowl with Tom Brady were both on, you could only watch one, which would you choose? Uh, well, I mean, the Super Bowl is just so much bigger. So my audience is so much bigger from a football audience. You know, at the end of the day, um, uh, business comes first, you know, beside my family. So I would choose the Super Bowl. But as just a sports fan, I'd be like, well, I've seen Tom win seven. He's never been in a car crash or at a back fused. Like when Tom plays in big games, I expect Tom to be sweet. Hell, his last pass against the Rams. How good did he look in that final game at the end of the game? like, Tom's awesome. Like, watching Tiger Woods is like an experience. We had no clue what he was going to look like. And he's limping around. He's grimacing in pain. It's incredible theater. Like, ultimately, Tom Brady, I I fucking love Tom Brady. I've always envisioned, if I ever introduced myself to Tom, like what I'd want to talk to Tom about. Because I think he's very... I have a lot of admiration for a lot of everything he stands for in terms of work ethic and obviously same thing with Tiger. But Tom specifically, you know, football, and I've seen him live several times. I, when I was with the Eagles, we played him once and he killed us. But like when Tom plays, he just looks like Tom Brady and he dominates. Like Tiger has looked different like seven times in his career. <laughs> I mean, it's I, I, think Tom, I think Tiger is better theater. Now, football is a bigger movie, but I, I think Tiger to me is more entertaining than Tom. Now, if you told me, like, Tiger or Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, or Josh Allen, AFC Championship game, you know, you might, you might sell me.
1: This baseball season turned Ks into cash and big hits into big wins with FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers at FanDuel step up to the plate with a risk-free first bet up to $1,000. bucks, risk free I like betting money lines, totals, players' props, same game parlays, bet a little, win a lot. Just sign up, place your first bet. FanDuel will refund you up to $1,000 back in site credit if you don't win. Listen, FanDuel, get paid fast, safe and secure, great promotions every day. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, sign up, use the promo code Colin to get started. Risk-free, first bet, up to 1000 bucks. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. E E N Y or text H O P E N Y four, six, seven, three, six, nine in New York, Tennessee, red line 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia.
0: Hey, John, been a fan for a few months and now I really enjoy the pod. I started doing one myself, but I find it hard to find stuff to talk about without it being the big news. What do you do to find your news and what is important to talk about and what's not? The main focus of my podcast is football, baseball, and basketball. My first couple episodes have been about the NFL offseason and a mock draft. Well, my philosophy is pretty simple. Uh, you know, I, I don't do a television show that's based on ratings. You know, certain shows and certain radio shows, you, you got to play kind of the hits, right? Do you know main football topics for the most part? I talk about what I want to talk about. So. If there's a big story, that's easy. That's a BP fastball. But other stuff, I find angles that interest me about stories or about things. Like I'll just surf the internet, surf Twitter, surf Roto World, scroll on Florio's website and see if I missed anything or what the stories are that are trending that day or week. You know, I I email myself a lot of stories when I see them. I like stuff on Twitter so I can go back and find it. Uh, You know, sometimes at night if I have an edible, my mind starts working, I'll jot down some notes but I think you just got to find a way. I, I I just try to talk about things that excite me and that I think will be interesting to you guys. I you know I don't I don't really know what else to say beside that. But I hear you. I mean, it's just job's not easy. You know, it's I think, and I thought that before I got into talking that you just show up and bullshit. I mean, you kind of do. I mean, you ad lib like once you start talking, but you do have to have a process and know what works. And kind of know how to find things to talk about like that is a skill now I, I I've developed that over time just I've been doing this now seven eight years and just when I worked in radio, we worked for a boss who had come from ESPN that really kind of changed my mind how to think about topics and then I've just from there figured it out how what works for me but I I would just say whenever you talk about something that you care about and you want to talk about, you know, if, if you know what you're doing, it'll sound good. Like for me, I, I can't force topics. Like If I don't want to talk about something, I just won't talk about it. Right. There are going to be certain stories, certain days. I, I just don't care, you know, but like if the Denver Broncos sold tomorrow, I would have a, I would have a couple takes on it. Now I would also try to have takes on it that were, you know, I guess it just comes out naturally that might sound different than other people. You know, because I would immediately look at it from the business angle, how much they paid for it, what that means for the other valuations of the teams, what that means for the coach. You know, I would just immediately just wherever my mind went, that's how I'd kind of attack. And then I'd jot down some notes, and then I'd kind of build a tree off that. So if the Denver Broncos sold, first and foremost, it's how much and what that means for the league and sets a new precedent of a record deal, $4 billion. And then immediately I'd kind of go to the head coach and the quarterback and what it means for those guys and kind of work from there. Just a little inside uh, this bald head. Philly Eagles trade. Best move of the offseason. Between Jameis being bad before the injury. Someone actually texted me or DM me because I think I said that he was terrible. They were 5-2. and two, I think when he got injured, a Saints fan pointed out to me. Now, Sean Payton was the coach. Now it's Dennis Allen. But I do think Jameis, I, I looked at some of his stats probably within the last month because I got called out on it. I was like, yeah, you know, maybe he wasn't as bad as I thought, but and it's a long time ago, and you know, I'm 37, but I got the memory of like a 80 year old right now. I don't know. I think I might be losing it, but I remember sitting on my couch those first couple weeks of the season, but definitely like September and watching the Saints and thinking. And again, I'm I'm not anti Jameis. Kind of, I went from hating him. Then to not even, I refused to talk about him once he got in trouble. I'm like, I can't take this guy seriously. Then he kind of grew on me because Sean Payton gave him a chance and it felt like Drew Brees liked him. So I was like, maybe I need to give him a chance. And then I watched him play for the Saints. I was like, I just don't really see it. But they were 5-2. and two. Now their defense was really good. I mean, it has been really good. And even Sean Payton talked about that when he retired. He's like, it's not, you know, we tried for like five years to get the defense where it's been these last couple of years and now I'm walking away. Uh, Michael Thomas, losing the only good coach. I think the pick will be top 15 guaranteed. I think there's a chance that that pick is in the top 10. I think there's a chance that they're like a Chicago Bears type team. I I think that's on the table. That's that's what I would say. I I would say, now, they might just be... Because how is their defense going to be as good? Dennis Allen, their greatest attribute was him being the coordinator. And I say this all the time, the the, the NFL is not like uh, McDonald's, right? If you're the number two, you, you don't make, you know, $18 an hour. If you're the number two for Sean Payton, Dennis Allen was probably making two, two and a half million dollars to be the defensive coordinator. Well, now he's making more money, but what he was best at was not leading the entire team. That's not really his, he's a good, really good defensive coordinator. And now, so I, my defensive coordinator is diminished and, and I even, even if I give him the benefit of the doubt, like the Raider situation was not easy. It's just a, even if he's decent, 50-50 proposition, he's just average at best. So then the defense gets worse and he's not an offensive guy. So the offense is going to get worse because Sean Payton was elite. So I'm with you. I mean, that's a, that's a very, very good calculated bet by Harry Roseman. Been saying it for years. There is not a better, and I saw it firsthand, how the guy's mind works, how the guy's mind works. He is just, he's a born hustler, wheeler, and dealer. I mean, he's as good as, he, when it comes to value and trades, he's fucking good. And that was highway robbery. It's like, why does why did the Eagles need three first-round picks in a solid draft? But it's not like, you know, they're, one, you wouldn't even want three first-round picks you feel pretty good about two. But if I could take one of those first round picks and turn it into next year's first round picks and still have two first round picks in the same area and gain a third, I think they gained a third. I mean, it's the easiest trade he's ever made in his life. I, I bet Howie told Jeffrey, like, I, I can't. This is pretty nuts. I, I Honestly, I, I someone needs to pinch me. I don't even think this is real. I'm sure he'll talk about it soon, but my question revolves around the trade yesterday between the Saints and the Eagles. While I view it as a win for Philly, a few of my friends see it as a wash or even a loss. And I did have some hope that Howie would use one of those three first-round picks he had to trade up and grab a guy like Sauce. I think that's the uh, corner from Cincinnati. But I can definitely agree with compiling more capital for the future. How do you think this affects the team's outlook on Hurts? I'm assuming Howie is preparing for the worst. And you think that the trade? See, I, I think you guys are overthinking it. I think it's just the deal was so good. If you live in a house right now, let's say worth five hundred thousand dollars, and someone and you and you really like the house, let's just say you bought the house for five hundred thousand dollars, and now it's worth a million because we're in this housing bubble. So you have five hundred thousand dollars in equity. You like the house you live in. It's it's worth a million dollars. You know, if you put it on you put it on the market, you probably end up getting one two. You're like everything's good. But I, I'm not leaving the community, so I don't really want to sell it, but I'm good. And then someone knocks on your door and goes, I'll give you $2.7 million cash. Do You know what you do? You look around at your wife. You say, honey, back up. We're out. And you go find a, a sweeter house. It's really that simple. That's the type of offer from the Saints you cannot refuse. One, I'd even argue this. When you draft a player, like part of the first rounders, that first round guy kind of has to be the alpha of the group. Now, over time, it takes shape. Maybe it's, you know, if you get a George Kittle or a Max Crosby or, you know, Tyreek, whatever, Travis Kelsey, right? You hit on different rounds. But ideally, there's a lot of pressure on that one individual first rounder. Well, if you get two first rounders, they're both kind of vying for it. To me, three is a little bit overkill. I don't even think it's necessary. And if I can flip one of those into a draft where I think that pick could be way higher, now it's a calculated risk. it's a it's a bet. It's like playing the stocks. you're basically shorting the Saints because the pick that you gave or yeah, you gave them, you think will be better next year and dramatically. like that pick could go from whatever they flip, like 17, 18, I don't even have the trade in front of me, but like if that pick is seven or 11 or 10. And you make the playoffs again? So you're a playoff team with a pick at 23 and you have pick 10? woo Cooking with gas. Have a weekend, everybody. Uh, if you're listening to this on Sunday, hopefully you had a weekend. And Godspeed. Talk to everyone soon. See ya! Are you looking for the hottest gambling advice out there? Check out the Moneyline Monaco podcast powered by FanDuel. Every weekday, our guy Alex Monaco will give you his best bets, including game picks, props, same game parlays, and much more. Monaco is in another groove and has won nearly 60% of his bets all time. So don't miss your chance to make some money by downloading the Moneyline Monaco wherever you get your podcast. only on the Volumes Podcast Network.